Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are launching our 72nd episode of Entrepreneurs. So hope you are having a fabulous day. We're going to jump right back into the money train topic for this episode, uh, in particular about dealing with delinquent payments. Why? Well, maybe a little bit of it is because I missed talking about money, but then really it's, it's because it's important, it's pervasive. And additionally, I am actually dealing with this in real time right now. So it's a very convenient topic. So I've got two sets of clients currently overdue on their payments, one of which is a first-time client, so I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, the second one, though, is a repeat client that has just let me know that it's going to be a significantly longer stretch going forward until I receive payment. So what was once a, let's say, net 30 agreement has now become a net undetermined agreement, meaning they don't know if it's going to be 60 days from now, 120 days from now, 365 days from now. They do not know when their photographers are going to get their money. Now, I would bet there's probably a handful of you out there that are also dealing with situations like this in real time, maybe not as severe, maybe a little bit more severe, or have at least very recently encountered situations like this, because as I will allude to in this entire episode, uh, this is just part of the life of a freelancer. It's not right, but it is a part of the freelance life, because you will invariably face issues like this over the course of your career. I don't want to guarantee it, but I would bet a pretty penny on it, okay? So there's a lot of great benefits to being self-employed. Timely payments is quite honestly not going to be one of them, all right? At least not to the point where you can consistently count on it, all right? I do not know a self-employed person in the service industries, which a lot of creative fields are, uh, who has not had his or her share of issues collecting payment. And there are two basic scenarios here that I find late payment occurs most commonly that I want to talk about. One is when the payment process has not been simplified and managed punctually by either the contractor or the client or maybe both. All right. So it's not an extensive process per se to get paid, but it is a process nonetheless. So there are steps here. And if you and the client are not on top of those steps, payment will naturally come late. So as the contractor, you have to submit paperwork after the job is done in a timely manner. You know, the client then has to receive it, potentially send it off to another department if they are not responsible for it, then have them file it, have them process it, and then you wait for the delivery. So if everyone is not on time doing their part, 
you can easily see that check one week, two weeks later than scheduled. The second scenario is the more intriguing one to me, and that's when the client has mismanaged their finances in that too much money is going out and not enough money is coming in to cover their hired help. In business terms, we call that poor cash flow, where too much is owed, not enough is coming in. There's also a third scenario here too, which is when you just have a client that is intentionally trying to screw people over, um, which can happen. I don't want to really go into that too much, but generally, I would equate this to improper financial management. It's either coming from you, the contractor, them, the client, or some combination of the two of you. That's generally what I've found, and it happens more often than you'd hope in a world of professionals, but that is the reality. So I don't want this to be discouraging news to any of you just getting into photography or graphic design or modeling or whatever, but I do think you should be aware of these possibilities. In fact, I would actually advise you to just assume that payments would not arrive on time more often than not. Because if you understand that reality, then I think you can prepare for it. It's the creative who assumes that the check is coming in on time every time that I'm legitimately worried about. And I do apologize if I've talked your ear off about this before uh, on this show or other shows, but it's important to reiterate all the same. It is very difficult to live your life, let alone run a business with all the costs that come along with those aspects with fake money. All right. So what I mean by fake money is that it's simply money that has not hit your bank account. It's theoretical. It's not tangible. So you can't pay for your health insurance or your rent or your utilities with IOUs. You can't pay for your gear or your website or your editing software with IOUs. And that is effectively what late payments are. They are, in essence, IOUs. Now, I don't know who started this trend, but it seems like every contractor seemingly gets paid in the form of an IOU, at least a, uh, a good percentage of them. I mean, think of it, you can't pay the restaurant 30 days after you eat the food, but somehow it became culturally acceptable to pay your hardworking creatives 30 days after an invoice. Okay, not 30 days after the job, folks, 30 days after they have officially received an invoice, which could easily be on day 33 or day 37 after the job really just depends on how busy you are, how many fires you're putting out at the time, but it could easily be later than expected. Now, anyone who has spent time with me over the last few years, I would say has probably heard me talk ad nauseum about the importance of having a healthy cash flow for setting yourself up in a way that cash flow is coming in and not going out. And I'll dedicate an episode to this later. I'm actually amazed that I haven't already. But all you really need to know right now is that cash flow or a healthy cash flow is very much going to be the lifeblood of your business and your personal life for that matter. The second thing I want you to know is that late payments and a lack of awareness of said late payments is going to play a huge part in creating and sustaining an unhealthy cash flow. So simply put, when you have late payments, go unchecked and you're allowing them to happen consistently, your business, your life is going to suffer greatly. Okay, so we know late payments are bad. What do we do about it? How do we handle a client that is late on their payments, either by ignorance or by intent? And so I'm going to start off with uh, addressing scenario one, which I alluded to before, which is when the process of payment has not been simplified either by the client or by yourself. So this isn't usually a malicious intent to evade payment. Rather, it's just probably the steps in the process that haven't been quite as finessed as well as they could be. So what can we do to ensure that we get paid as fast as we possibly can? Let's go through this. Number one, for first-time clients or repeat clients at the start of a new year, get your W-9 to them ASAP, like before they even have to ask you for it. Because what generally happens is you send an invoice after the job, then they'll respond three days later and say, oh, we need your signed W-9. Can you get that over to us? That's going to add a few extra days of processing. So don't wait for them to initiate that request. If you expect to earn $600 or more with this client, just send them over a W-9 along with your invoice, maybe even a little bit sooner. 
Number two, let your client know of faster options than checking the mail. Okay, direct deposits are the best way in my opinion, but that might actually take still a little bit more time to develop that trust and repeat work with a client. So I certainly don't expect anyone to set this up on your first job. I'm mostly talking if you're the guy or the gal that gets consistently hired by this company on contract work and you've got a good rapport with them, definitely see if you can set up a, a direct deposit. For those of you who do not have that rapport, just let your client know that maybe you accept credit cards, Venmo, PayPal payments. Those are statistically proven to receive payment faster. So just make sure that they know you offer those options and that you would prefer those methods. And yes, the credit cards and PayPals of the world will take a percentage off the top. So if you can, if you need to, uh, buffer that transaction fee into your pricing. Number three, offer discounts on early payments and charge late penalties. You know, you never know who's going to be incentivized by what but both mathematically should jump out to any paying client. You may not think that 3 to 5% off an invoice or 3 to 5% added to an invoice is going to move the needle that much for a big company, but really everyone operates on a budget, so nobody likes paying more than the going rate and everybody loves a discount. You know, offer uh, 3% off your invoice if you pay net 7 instead of net 30 and charge 3% late penalties if payment is not received by the 30th day. You know, if you have sent them consistent reminders, you've got this paper trail of, of them having received those notifications. So nothing should really be a surprise if they receive a new invoice after they are late. Number four, negotiate upfront deposits. Guys, d deposits are a freelancer's best friend. It is there so that you can manage not just your cost needed to do the job, if there are any, but also just to simply cover your general business expenses, you know, like to run your website, to operate whatever software you're using. And not every client is going to be up for this, I get it. But if you are setting up estimates for new leads, if, if somebody's coming to you and asking you for an estimate, uh, it's definitely worth trying. You know, take a page out of the wedding photography handbook. You know, I don't know any wedding shooter worth his or her salt that doesn't require upfront deposits. Um, I don't know why so many B2B creatives and journalists fail to incorporate this as often, but it drives me nuts. So don't be afraid of pushing people away. If, um, if they say no to the upfront deposit, then you can go forward from there. But, you know, at least have that discussion. All right, so there are a handful of other strategies that I can get into here, but I actually wanted to move on to the second scenario. So if you're still interested in this thread, check out episode 22 of the show. It's called Seven Practices to Get Paid Faster. Uh, I really focus in on the first scenario and simplifying the payment process for both sides. So go ahead and check that out. Scenario two, though, is something I haven't talked about before, which is what do you do when a client is running out of money and they still owe you for jobs? Okay, and I'll be honest, sometimes you will know and other times you won't. And it reminds me of the episode that I did with Matt Brown. I talked to him back in episode 43 and I had the pleasure of, you know, listening to his stories about researching the business of the business that you're working with, you know, seeing how healthy that company or publication really is. And he recounted to me that, you know, he had done a lot of great work with this new client that was basically spending, you know, money like crazy. They were spending like John Hammond in Jurassic Park, you know, spare no expense. They were flying them all over the country, do this job, do that job. You know, it all seemed too good to be true. And I guess he found out that maybe, in fact, it was. Um, what happened was that that publication's parent company was going bankrupt. And for the last several months, they were spending money like crazy, but with no actual intent to settle up. Okay, so that can happen, guys. You may not be aware of what your client's finances look like, what they owe to who and how much. And I've dealt with this before. I'm currently dealing with this uh, client right now. And I had this great transparent conversation with the director of photography. And he told me basically very upfront you know, we are, as photographers, basically 10th down on the totem pole of priorities for that company. So folks, I want you to imagine for a second, if you are 10th on the priority list, and they owe money to priorities one through nine, when do you actually think you're going to realistically see that money? 
So when you visualize it that way, you can understand how contractors actually do get paid, you know, eight months later or 10 months later or not at all. There are too many people that need to get paid. Okay. So what do you do if you don't know the financial health of the people that you're working for? You know, I think that's the question that we should, uh, we should always be asking ourselves, right? And I don't have a great answer. Okay. But the first step I would say is to start learning about the financial health of those clients. You know, how do they make their money? What is their business model? What partnerships or major transactions have they made? Uh, who are they backed by? What does it cost them to put on events or hire employees or whatever? And you may never get the answers, okay? But you know, just keeping your finger on the pulse of that client, uh, particularly if it's a client that you do a lot of work for, can really help you out in the long run. Just gauge how everything is going. So for instance, let's take a look at the client that um, I am currently working with here that just informed me that I should expect an indefinite delay on payment. Uh, very nice way to say it. Uh, they are an obstacle course company that puts on endurance events for the public. And I've done work with them in the past several years. I've done a, a lot of work for clients like this. And they cited the hardships of COVID-19 being a major factor in their current situation, which I do believe. But if I'm being completely honest with you, none of this was really a surprise to me when it hit because you know I could see that they were leaving little trouble sign breadcrumbs on the ground well before COVID hit. You know, I could see the participation numbers dwindling from the public. I could see the number of hired photographers dropping. I could see our actual pay rates being cut. I could see the travel accommodations being shortchanged over and over again. You know, I could see these things. So what does that information do for me? And I'm going to steal a line from our friend Matt Brown when he told me it's an insight into how businesses do business. Okay, so me forecasting the trajectory of this company, I can manage myself accordingly. So one, I did not put all my eggs in this client basket. I knew that there was a possibility that this bubble might pop. I hoped it wouldn't, but I knew it was a possibility. All right, so I'll explain what I would have done 10 years ago in this scenario versus what I did this time around. Okay, so 10 years ago, I would not have tried to forecast the direction of this company too much. Okay, I would have naively assumed that they would be around forever and I'd keep working with them as long as I could physically do the job. Today, however, I looked at that client from a 12-month lens, from the day I first joined up with them, okay? What is the state of this company going to look like in 12 months? How many jobs am I willing to take or pass on? Uh, 10 years ago, I would have been so excited to work with a client like this that I would have purchased new gear just for these jobs to really stand out, you know, get that 400 millimeter lens, get that fisheye, get that third body for remotes, start bringing strobes, all that stuff. Today, though, I told myself, just wait and see, you know, keep running with the gear that got you here, that got you the job. Do the best you can, but don't add more debt to your bill. Pay off your existing debt, pad your emergency fund, you know, save for a rainy day. Another thing I would have done 10 years ago is that I would have uh, probably stockpiled as many of these jobs as I could have with them, regardless of the payment term. So if I even knew that it was going to be, let's say, net 90, I still would have taken those jobs. But today I am far more cautious. I don't want to get 20 jobs in with only two paychecks coming back. Also, 10 years ago, I would have stopped probably looking for clients. If I'm being quite honest with you, I would have just stayed on board with this company, said these guys are my bread and butter. Today, I never got close to that idea, never even came close to having that thought. You know, my, my thought process today is just to keep diversifying and look for new avenues, knowing that at any moment, a seemingly healthy client can turn very quickly into a dead client. And lastly, 10 years ago, I probably would have just ignored any of these warning signs anyways, just trusted the client to get back on their feet implicitly. Uh, today, I had an honest conversation with my DP about my intentions going forward, about postponing future work until each job is paid, because my goal is to get ahead of this issue. You know, it sucks I'm about to lose a client or potentially lose a client, but this does happen. And I, I don't want to keep doing jobs for this client and be owed thousands of dollars 
with not a penny in my account. You know, I've played that game before. And long story short, by simply taking that course of action for just a few months, folks, just a few months, okay, uh, while I waited trustingly, that cost me three years of debt to climb out of. Okay, so three months cost me three years. So 90% of this is just getting ahead of these issues before they sort of manifest into becoming a monster. Now, I do have the benefit of nipping this in the bud as it's happening in real time. Okay, I'm not letting more than one job go late on payment. I've also set myself up to handle canceling the rest of my gigs with them for the rest of the year going forward, or to at least buy myself a little bit of time. But what if you're too far in? You know, you're waiting on 12 checks instead of one, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you've got maybe 10 grand held hostage, and your expenses are piling up. What do you do? Now, the first thing I will say is that I'm not an attorney, okay? I, I will not advise you to take on any action without knowing the full context of your situation. But I will say it behooves you to talk to someone with expertise to lay out your options for you so you can make a calculated decision. So with regard to legal matters, I will just leave it at that and let you guys um, make the best choices for yourself. In the meantime, though, I strongly suggest canceling any jobs with that client going forward. If you've gotten in too deep, I mean, it is what it is. You just got to cancel it and just cold turkey, gone. Do not extend courtesy to a party that is clearly breaching the terms of the contract. You know, could you get away with any of the clients that you have by sending in deliverables to your client six months after the job when the term stated same day delivery? Obviously not. So if a client is being upfront with you and telling you, hey, we don't know when we can pay you, I would just stop right there. You know, maybe you might take the gamble. Maybe you're living rent free at home. You've got a full time job anyways. You've got security and all this is is just a small side gig. Uh, I wouldn't hate on you for taking that chance. But if you are a full-time freelancer like myself, I would just call it straight up. I would just let them know professionally that until payment resumes, my talent and services will not be offered. I am not enticed by the theoretical payment of money the way I was maybe 10 years ago. So just think about it this way. Let's take away the marketing material that I'm delivering for you. And we just see it as paid labor, like I'm a parking valet or something. How much are you willing to volunteer your time? Time that could be spent connecting with new leads or working on projects or recharging the batteries. You know, how much time will you afford them? So for context, one job for me might be 20 hours over the course of two days. Am I willing to volunteer 20 hours of labor for free? Not for a cause like helping abuse children or anything like that, but for a company that is just simply trying to sell tickets to their event. My answer is no. So I'm merely asking the creators who are willing to say yes to multiple jobs, not just one. What is your cutoff point? At what point do you say to yourself, no more, no mas? If you don't have an answer for that question, then you better do the math because it's probably not in your favor. And the longer you go, the more likely you will need to take stronger actions, like finding a full-time job, freelancing for cash, selling gear, living on mac and cheese and instant noodles. Like that's the reality. There's no easy way to deliver that message. You're in way too deep for me to present that to you in a graceful manner. If you let it get too far, you will not like the measures it will require you to take to climb out of it. That three years that I told you about me grinding out of debt, I budgeted every single week during that stretch. I would go to the grocery store with $20 in cash, fill my cart up to about $18 and stop there. That was, that's what it was. I didn't take my wife out to a restaurant for a year. So guys, get ahead of this. That's really the best advice I can give you. I know it's not a great answer, but really that's the most succinct way I can explain it to you. And if you're deeper down the rabbit hole, Cut the dead weight, draw a hard line in sand, don't let yourself get any further. And if you have to take legal action, just consult a professional, look over the contracts that you signed, talk about your options. Um, I, I really hope that none of you are in these positions. But if you do find yourself in such a, a spot, uh, just make educated choices, not emotional ones. And um, all the best to you in your journey.
All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We will be back next week. Be sure to like, subscribe, review the show on your favorite platform. My name is Michael Durr. Thank you again, everybody, and have a great rest of your day. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.